Scott. What's up, Eric? I got an idea. Tell me about it. The Idea Tank Podcast. Million dollar ideas coming at you now. Scott, you know where you are? Where are we? We're in the Idea Tank. What? Yeah, do you know what we do here? What, what do we do? We change the world one idea at a time. What? Yeah, we've been doing it for, it's coming up on a year, right? Yeah, yeah. We've been doing it, I think we've got like 30 some odd episodes, 32. Mm-hmm. So what? it's what we do. So Eric. Yes. I want to know, how are you going to change the world? I am going to change people's hearts from the inside out. <laughs> I should say facilitate the change. Okay, I was going to say, are we are we talking about gospel here? Let's throw it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, this will be a very so th- this will be an episode geared towards a specific type of Christian. Okay. Let's jump in. Okay. So, tell me about it. Uh Scott, what do you think about music? I like it. Okay. Um, I'm pro music. Pro music. Okay. What do you think about worship music? Depends what you mean. Yeah. All right. What, uh, t- what's your experience with worship music as a whole? It depends where where I'm at. Tell, tell me the story of Scott's experience with worship music. Um, and I'm talking about the music worship, that's... The, worship music is formative. Formative. Oh, okay. Um, if we are singing songs that um, what what is uh, I mean, upright, inright, outright, downright, happy all the time. It's like no, no, that's that's not theologically correct. It's not it's not right. Okay. Um, worship music should take us on a. Um, in general, my two kind of thoughts are they should center around a subject um, like sovereignty of God or something like mm-hmm. that, and they should explore different areas of the sovereignty of God, or they should take us on a journey. Um, uh, I think uh, Jesus, I, my cross have taken. It takes us on a, a journey of living, living life as a Christian. Um, so... That's yeah. that makes really good worship music. Um, typically, uh, there's also there's bad worship music um, as well. Um, I would consider them bad. Um, these types of songs are. I've I've heard them referred to you saying the same seven words eleven times over. Yes. Yeah. Um, seven eleven songs, uh, things that don't broaden your view of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's mine in general. Uh, my thoughts on worship music. Broadening your view, it's almost from a adding depth to your knowledge of who God is, but at a spiritual level. There's there's like a spiritual right. experience of learning a new depth of His character. And right, yeah. And um, for me, music helps put words to the ways I'm feeling in ways that I wouldn't be able to just write down. Yeah, yeah. Or or talk. Other, or say. The you and I share 
um, share that side of the spectrum of what sort of worship, and I, I will not use the term we like. I'll say that's the type of worship music we profit from. What what type of? Uh, probably deep, deeply theological. Profit music. from not. Um monetarily. Well, not yet, Scott. <laughs> not yet. What are you doing? Idea. <laughs> but soon. Okay. But yeah, yeah, spiritually profit. Spiritually profit. And, and there are people who spiritually profit from music that I would say doesn't have that level of depth, which makes yeah. me think that the music brings them to a state of prayer where they're tapping into depth elsewhere in their life. Yeah, you know, and just they can if their life is real busy, the and something where like the seven, seven, eleven, seven words, eleven times, mm-hmm. that must just take them to a place where they can be thinking about other things. In which, I, as a Christian, I was just recently profited from a prayer of just saying like the word "you" in my in my not you, Scott, not you, the listener. Yeah, but but just centering my thoughts around. I want God to be sent sent the center of this aspect of my life. Yeah. And I've had other prayers where it's more, I've been reading through the scripture line by line and taking a verse and then kind of rephrasing it in an action oriented way. Like if you take a proverb and it's, yep. and it's, you know, then I'm praying now that specific thing, God, make this true in my life. So mm-hmm. there's different types of music that, that different people profit from at different times in their life. Yeah. So, uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you experienced the same thing because I think you would enjoy this product. Um, this is a project that I hope we can we can do, okay. uh, and I call them him him stories. Okay. Uh, I, I I'm I'm unlike all types of hymns. I love worship that's led by people who love God, who know God, who want other people to experience God, and find a hymn that is theologically rich, and they sing it as so. I've heard people who sing hymns and they 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 blast through it at a speed that makes me think that they're not uh they're not being they're not absorbing what's being said in 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 some hymns. You yes. know what I mean? Uh and maybe they maybe their minds work faster than mine. So maybe they so maybe that's that's just speed. But man, I've had some worship that's been great because people were really trying to share a meaningful hymn like 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 you were just a little bit ago, you said it. Would you say what was that him again? Jesus, I my cross have taken. And you said what? What? What does it do? It takes you on a, a story of your your life. Yeah. Uh, as a Christian. So he, here's the idea. So a podcast where we meet with a person who loves a rich and deep hymn. Then we have them play it in an unfiltered and unplugged way. Uh, I guess unplugged is a is a. That's an option, but I like just kind of unfilter the idea. You're sharing time in a room with somebody as they're playing this hymn. Uh, then you have them tell the story of what it means to them, and and mix those two, and you edit those two together, and then you play the song at the end of the story, and then finally, if you want to make some money, put the put put the song on on iTunes, and uh, I think we, what we found in the podcasting world is the message carries the the product. Like you, don't, you this doesn't have to be Taylor Swift singing this song. I don't know if she's good. I don't. I don't really like music. Most music. So, I don't. Who's who's the who's a, who's a really good musician right now? Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it doesn't have. I I think just an average person there is could 
become stars of the wrong world, could reach a lot of people, be enjoyed, and could profit a lot of people. Not because they're the best singer in the world, but because they understand the story uh, deeply enough to to uh, help you understand the the true author of, of the story more deeply. I like that. So that's the idea. I think somebody... I would like to do this. I've been talk, I've been thinking about it for years, but instead, I mean, I do a podcast about ideas I have that I don't do. So <laughs> let's just, I'm throwing it out here so, because I would love so this. So do you have ideas of uh, a group of people that you would want to interview? And would, that, would this be any type of so- song or... That's a good question. The first person like, I thought is, of... Yeah, go, go are, ahead. Are we going to have a, a song about Here I Am to Worship or... I guess Something if they like had the that. story, that that's a good question because I have a bias. Um, I, when I asked my, my first person about this, I said, do you have a hymn that really means something to you? What I was really asking them is, do you have a, a meaningful song in your life? Because mm-hmm. for me, those are all hymns set set to uh, kind of more contemporary music and again, sung at a pace where you can absorb, absorb the... It's not drinking out of a fire hose. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I would say you could also. There's a lot of good stories about how these songs got written as well. Um, there's one song called uh, "Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go." Uh-huh. Right? Have you heard that one? Uh, no, no. Okay, you should listen to it, and you can edit this track so it's playing right now oh, as okay. I talk. Uh, so the story of "Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go" is the guy that wrote the hymn. Um, he started going blind. Um. And uh, he was engaged to be married, and he broke the news uh, to his fiance that I'm going blind, and she couldn't she couldn't go on with it. So George, I think it's George Matheson, uh, he ended up living with his sister, and his sister was his kind of care provider for him. Okay. And um, so his sister was taking care of him, and she eventually fell in love, and got married, and before. She was, uh, 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 yeah, before she was married, um, George realized that, like, I don't have anything. Nobody can take care of me. I'm blind. I can't do anything. Yeah. And he realized, like, it was, I think, like the night before his wedding, he wrote this hymn almost, like, just as it stands. And he wrote this hymn about how God will be uh, his provider. Uh, And he's a love that, um, it's a love that won't let him go. It won't break his heart like his fiance George's fiance left him, yeah, or his sister leaving him. There's a love that won't, will not let us go. So it's stories like that. It's yeah, huge. that's huge, huge. Yeah, that's what I want, man. I want a podcast yeah. of of uh, of of all those because there's there's a lot. Yeah, I think. You've got to go do this. Yeah, I want to go yeah. do this. But no, I really like the I really like the idea. But um, oh, let, let me catch up because you sure. asked, you asked a question for uh, what type of song. I asked I asked a guy, you know, do you want to do this? And he said, does it have to be a hymn? Because there were some other songs that really meant something to him. Um, and and yeah, like the at the beginning of the podcast, I was trying to frame this as though let's not ignore that this is a huge division point in the American church. It has caused like a lot of a lot of headaches and, and uh one good way that it's been handled is 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 a, a pastor will get up there and say, look, 
this is not a reason to divide over. But this is the direction we're picking. So if you will divide over worship, you now is your time to divide. But that's don't be together. Um, I've, I've seen that a couple of times. But man, if I'm doing this podcast, I love hymns, uh, which are normally older. But some of them aren't as old as I think. Some of them are written in the 90s. You got the Gettys. Remember that? You yeah. know them? Yeah, they're great. They're great. It's really just a matter of uh, uh, casting crowns. Um, it so yeah. It kind of depends what your definition of a hymn would be. That's not. I wouldn't say that's a hymn, but it is deep. Yeah, and right. it moves people. And there's probably going to be stories. Yes, that surround it. So I think that maybe hymn story is the wrong name for the podcast. I think it should be called Hymncast. Hymncast. Uh, I was trying to think of something funny that would be just all constants in a row because hymn, hymnet, hymnet. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the name is, but uh, I mean, we started this podcast, and I think a lot of successful podcasts that also have un- somewhere under 10 million listeners, uh, they say if you're going to have the conversation anyway, and it's an enjoyable conversation, that's what a podcast is. Uh, so I think I, w- I would just love to have these conversations anyway. I've got There's a couple people in College Station that, that used to lead our worship. Yeah. I'd love to go... Uh, take a Saturday so, and go spend time with them. Five five minute, ten minute podcast episodes. Yeah, or ki- kind of really whatever it needs to be. Depends on the story, man. Man, there's people that they have a depth to um, a time in their life, and they want it, they want to share that, and then the song goes goes in parallel with yeah. it. Uh, the one thing that I like about the this is you are specifically targeting. Um, to, to speak in marketing terms, mm-hmm. you're specifically targeting a certain group of people. You you probably have a picture of somebody in your mind of who would be listening to this yeah. podcast. That's a good point. Well, maybe I'm less self... I don't want to seem that selfless. I guess I was just thinking about me. <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> I would like this podcast. I am that target audience. But also the my, the group that I had in College Station, we had a bit of a unique group, and they did contemporary hymn, hymn, uh, hymns, and that that was, I, I, my understanding of God grew in depth greatly from those songs. Yeah, and it seemed my to too. attract similar people within that group, and uh, I just remember we'd all the the Sunday night service was 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 that it was kind of a more relaxed worship time. Uh, and it was enjoyable because of the depth that it that it that it had. Mm-hmm. So I guess at least. So I'm saying I've got an audience of uh, about 20 people, which is also under 10 million. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Eric, uh, I think somebody's got to go do this. Somebody's and that gotta... somebody is you. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'd like to do it. <laughs> So, Eric, uh, is that it for today? I've got such a drastically different Kickstarter court from... Let's do it. Let's <laughs> okay. kickstart it. So, from that which is so meaningful and will change your life from the inside out to that which will dominate your life from the outside in and yet means nothing. <laughs> we're th- oh, gosh. So, what do you got? Sports. Oh yes, sports. So I'm we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring judgment upon an idea that the NBA has executed. 
And I just realized, Scott, that... I know nothing about the yeah. NBA. <laughs> I know they have basketballs, and you got hoops at either end, and you run back and forth. Yeah. That's about it. And okay. tall people, because everybody said I should play basketball. Yeah, which is and funny. And I re- said they were physically profiling me. They they are. Yeah, totally, totally allowed in a lot of circumstances. <laughs> Mainly if they're seen as positives. So what's the NBA doing? Okay, uh... So sports, it's assumed that that sports are fun when your league of about 30 teams, um, you kind of share the wealth. It's a little bit of a a communist community. And it is its own business, so they can make their own rules to help the overall product. It's not not just a, you know, they're competing with other entertainment um, outlets. So a league will make sure that New York City, who's got 16 million people, and a good chunk of the the wealth of the nation, they want to make sure that their team doesn't have an advantage every single year against Milwaukee and their team. That seems reasonable. It does. It does. And and most sports take take this thinking, and uh, it's expressed as a salary cap. They say your team, like every other team, can only spend this much on your players, and they normally they bargain and they try to figure it out to be about fifty percent of. The gross revenue half goes to the owner of the team who took the risk and owns and and uh, and owns the team, and then half is distributed to the players. Beyond that, there's normally just a free market uh, between the agents and the and the general managers and the owners to say how much should each player get of that fifty percent, and this has been the way it is in 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 a lot of sports, but but the Kind of the socialist mentality is, is is kind of ingrained where we think, why should one player get so much more than everybody else? And so what the NBA did is said, we're gonna we're gonna bring more parity to the league. What we're gonna do, especially like let's say you're a small team and you have you have two good players, then you can't have just an unlimited amount of money go to one of the two. Then you won't be able to afford to, and a team like New York might be able to afford to. This is this was their thinking. So what they did is, is is they said there's a maximum amount of money that can go to each player. So not only is there a cap on the team, but there's a cap on the player. And that was our their idea to, to bring a level of of parity to to the league. And they also gave you a slight advantage. You could pay a little bit more money to a lot more money if it's your homegrown player. So if I play for the Houston Rockets and my contract's coming up, the Houston Rockets can pay me more than any other team. But overall, there's a cap. So that's their idea. So, so what has happened though is uh, we are now in the super team era of the NBA. Realistically, there's only two teams that have a chance of winning this year, and Go- Golden State, right? Golden State's one of them. And Spurs. Um, Spurs were one of them. They okay. were kind of an, an anomaly. Uh, the other one would be the the Rockets, the hometown Rockets. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. They had the best. Wow. Best year ever for them. So, what was counterintuitive about this idea was, if you're going to artificially lower the price of a player, then a team can actually afford more star players. So instead of keeping the stars in their respective small towns, it actually the stars got together and said, well, if I'm going to make $30 million and this next guy who's really not that good is making 20 well, why don't we just get together, at, you know, 
you make 30, he makes 30, and I make 30, and we'll just team up together because each one of us should really be making $60 million. Mm-hmm. And if that was the case, if we were really getting what you're, what, if a star was really getting what they're worth, they would eat up so much of the team's salary cap that you couldn't afford three stars. But because they press, press that down, said you can't make that much, now a team can afford three stars. Hmm. So since 2010, um, LeBron James has been to every single finals. He's been part of a super team for all seven of those years. This might come out uh, when that number is eight because he's, he's on his way to his, to his eighth. Hmm. Um, and then on the other side, we're, we're now, I think we're about to have the fourth, the fourth year of a super team coming from the other side. It'll either be the Golden State Warriors. This will be their fourth year in a row. Or it'll be the uh, Houston Rockets, which are less of a super team, but they put two stars together that should be on separate teams. Hmm. So, so we've artificially created super teams. Correct. Unintended con- consequences. Unintended consequences. So the idea we're judging today is the cap on individual earnings for NBA super- superstars. Because... Okay. Yeah. So, in general, I think capping anything like that mm-hmm. is the worst idea ever. And why is that? Like capping, like capping executive salaries. That yeah. could be the worst idea ever. Um, there's, I don't, I don't know where to start. Um, Do you know who did that? Who capped their executive salaries? There, there's been a few. Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, Ben and Jerry's. I know there's a guy. You hear these stories every once in a while. And what's funny is you hear the follow-up yeah. stories of like how it didn't work, yeah. which you never hear about in mainstream media. They couldn't hire somebody for Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, they eventually had to say, "Yeah, we're going to pay more so we can get a, a guy who yeah. can actually do this job." Um, yeah, because uh, people have certain skill sets and mm-hmm. they should be compensated for it. Um, I think it goes back to uh, capitalism values success, not success, capital, capitalism values expertise. Yeah. And people should be compensated for that because if it, really at the end of the day, if it wasn't because of the good leadership from these executives mm-hmm. and yeah, you do have a few bad apples here and there that are stealing money for themselves and destroying, destroying shareholder value. Uh, but at the end of the day, if it wasn't for the p- good leadership, nobody's getting paid. Yeah. The company doesn't exist. Yeah. And what, which is worse not having a job or having a job that you can get by on. Yeah. Yep. Say, yeah. This is, uh, maybe, maybe let's say this was definitely a very different Kickstarter court. Yeah. Maybe. So are you, are you worst <laughs> idea ever? I'm going Just worst be, idea ever. Be clear. Unintended okay. consequences like crazy. Uh, and it kind of ignores the idea that, that, um, yeah, I think it completely ruined the NBA. Because LeBron how, James, how long has this been going on? At least since 2010, so it's been it's been at least eight years. Okay, but the what really tipped the boat was the culture of the players. The culture of the players was was got to the point where they realized that they're objects to fans. Mm-hmm. Once they lose their ability, they are nothing to them. So they said, "Why do I care what the fans think? Like they're going to hate me, and they're they're going to." bring hate on on my on my past unless I win a championship. 
So why don't I just play with my friends, the people I actually know, the people I went to the Olympics with, the people I played yeah. in high school with. I just want to play with them anyway, and we can win. Let's do it. Hmm. I mean, so is the NBA going to reverse this? Is I don't know. Talk. I think they should. Uh, I, I, I. Although I think there's way too many socialist thinking. There's too much socialist thinking to reverse it because it's counterintuitive, and you have to take on the idea that people can just get what they're worth. Because the counter argument is, I mean, how much? Oh, oh, you need really need more than thirty million dollars a year. That's the argument you're making. It's like, no, I'm not making that argument. I'm making the argument that. Each team should get to make the decision on how much they pay their players. And then the unintended consequence of that is you actually have a star on every team. Because you, if there's the market value and a star can really make your team, then every team's going to want a star. Mm-hmm. And then the price is going to go up for those stars. Uh, and you're going to have more parity in, in, in the league, which is something I guess we want. From the outside, since, again, this doesn't matter, I just want to watch a game where everybody can shoot like crazy. And that's at the expense of all but two of the teams. So it's fine by me. Do you have a simpler Kickstarter court to share? I, I, do, I don't have any Kickstarter court today. Okay. Um, all right, I got a, sim- I got a simpler one. Yeah. Um, Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yes. The ones with the, the cookies inside. Yeah. Have, have you yeah, had yeah. them? The chocolate with the peanut butter inside? Oh yeah, yeah, but they put Just, stuff in. They put additional things into the peanut butter what? cup. Yeah, like what? Uh, little cookie pieces and Reese's pieces inside of Reese, Reese's Yum. peanut butter cups. Best idea or worst idea ever? Uh, I'm gonna put it worst idea ever. Whoa! Because my candy bar idea, which may or may not already be out. Yeah, probably. Uh, based upon past track record. Yes. Uh, yeah. My candy idea is better. All right. I'm going to go best idea ever because it's candy. I would buy one, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show for today. Eric, how can they find us? Everything at is Idea Tank Podcast, Idea Tank, ideatankpodcast.com, Idea Tank Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And on our website, you can also find our sponsors. What solutions can they find there, Scott? All kinds of solutions for uh, from refinancing your student debt. Yes. To uh, getting small business loans. Oh man, am I gonna have to fill out like a thousand applications? No, you just need to fill out one application, and you can apply to thousands, literally thousands of loan companies. We'll say somewhere under a thousand. Somewhere under a thousand. <laughs> and somewhere under 10 million. That many somewhere options. Somewhere under 10 million. Yes, that is the key. Check us out, ideatankpodcast.com sponsors. Uh, click on the, the button that says sponsors. That helps us. And if you know of an idea that has been implemented uh, that we've talked about, let us know. Uh, or if you have an idea that want you want to share on our podcast, uh, let us know on Twitter. We'll see you uh, next time. See ya.